Welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. Hi, this is Rich Irani, and you're listening to Rich in Life. Today, I have Republican mayoral candidate, Fernando Mateo. How you doing, Fernando? I'm doing great, Rich. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I have to tell you, in the last two days, I felt like I've been on the campaign trail with you because every time we try to connect, you're somewhere else. Yes, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster, but it's a fun experience. It's something that uh, uh, you only get to appreciate when you run for, for office in New York City, especially the mayor's, uh, mayor's office. Where were you yesterday? I know you hit a lot of uh, boroughs yesterday. Yes, I went to Brooklyn, then Staten Island, then the Bronx, and I wound up in Manhattan. Okay, so guys, if you're listening, if you're from the Bronx, Staten Island, Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Fernando Mateo is running for the Republican seat for mayor, and June 22nd is the primary, so if you're a registered Republican, you need to go vote and in the general election is November 2nd. So we're going to discuss the improvements he's going to make if he is elected as mayor. But until we get that, how did you get on the scene, Fernando? Like you you came out of nowhere. I, I'd never heard of you. But then after looking you up, I noticed that you're not only a businessman, but you had you were an activist. You had your hand in a lot of improvements over the decades in New York City. Well, my activism really started back in 1989. Uh, when I spent three years at Rikers Island teaching, training, and finding employment for, for first-time nonviolent offenders. That caught the attention of President George uh, Bush at the time, and also celebrities like Oprah Winfrey, who did two specials on the program because the program was that good. You know, we were able to teach the uh, jail system that if you taught these inmates a skill while they were in, they would come out and actually be better citizens. Uh, they would be able to earn a living and not go back to committing uh, crimes uh, to earn a living. And uh, then we skipped uh, a year and I did a, a program called Toys for Guns. Toys for Guns, where it was, we were able to get thousands of guns off of criminals uh, from the streets. And uh, no one has ever been able to do that. Uh, I think it was the most successful gun program, gun uh, exchange program in the country. Weren't and, you in the uh, New York Times for that? The New York Times wrote it up numerous times. Numerous it was the times. Biggest, it was the biggest thing that ever hit New York in 1993. And um, it went into 94 oh. and uh, we did it years after. It was amazing. Uh, then you skipped a few years after that. And I organized the taxi industry. The taxi industry was an industry that drivers were getting killed uh, two and three a week in some cases. And no one had noticed, no one had done anything to help these people. And what I did was I organized them and we went to uh, the mayor and the governor and legislators and we got laws passed that would uh, penalize and that would uh, add an additional five to 10 years to anyone that would hurt a cab driver. And if, if you notice, whenever you see a partition or a camera in a cab, yes, that was because uh, I fought for that. And we made it mandatory. And we've saved thousands of lives since. And we skipped a few years and I did the same for the bodega owners. Bodega owners, as you know, are, are prey uh, for the criminals. They're sitting ducks and 
and we put things in place to make bodega owners a lot safer. A bodega is a lot safer. And we saved a lot of lives there as well. You did, so I've so been around for 30 years. Right. So I knew, I knew you, 30 years you've been around and you've been doing things behind the scenes. You've been an activist behind the scenes doing all these things. And you're also an immigrant. You were born in the, in the Dominican Republic. You moved here when you were two and a half years old. Is that correct? That's very correct. Yes. Yes. And not only that, you were you grew up on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. That was your hood, kind of, right? I grew up in the Lower East Side. Um, it, it's I saw the transformation of it. And, uh, you know, I, I got I dropped out of school when I was 14 and I was adopted by a Jewish family who taught me the values in, of hard work, who taught me that I could be anyone I wanted to be. Why did you have to be adopted? I have to ask you at 14. Well, I, I, because I dropped out of school and I had nothing to do and I was so hanging out. Where were and your my, parents? My parents told me I better get a job. My parents were very good, responsible people, but I come from a very large family. You know, I come, of, I come from a family of more than 25 kids. You wow. know, so at any given time, there were 10 kids living with us. And but it was I, not from the same two parents. Oh, uh, no, about 10 of us were from the same parents. Wow. And okay. um, so, you know, we grew up uh, in an area that wasn't very good. And I went out. My father says, you, if you're not going to go to school, you better get a job. You want to be a man? You're going to be a man. So I went out and I found a job uh, selling baby furniture. First of all, as a stock boy at a, at a uh, baby furniture store called Schneider's. And they liked me and they adopted me. They would pick me up in the morning at, at home and they would drop me off after work. So sometimes wow. I would sit you know, at the store till 10, 11 o'clock at night until they were able to drop me off. So I would spend more time with them than what I would at home. That's why I say they adopted me because I was part of their family. What I wanna ask you is how does an immigrant come from the Dominican Republic wind up a Republican? You know, I know this is a crazy question, but I have to ask it because, you know, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I find now. Most immigrants, even uh, even Congressman Alvarez, last night when, when we spoke on the phone, you introduced me to uh, Senator Alvarez from, um, what was, is, was that her name? No, no, her name is Salazar. Salazar, um, yes. right, Congressman Salazar, correct? That's who I met last night. Miami, yes. I mean, they're so patriotic. She was such a patriotic. I find that, and you know, she's a Republican, you're a Republican. How does somebody, an immigrant, come to New York, get raised on the Lower East Side, you know, has a, has a difficult upbringing and still wind up a Republican? Because at that time, uh, you weren't labeled as soon as you came in. Right now, when you get off the plane and you enter this country, you have Democrats labeling you, telling you you're a Democrat. Why? Because they're going to go and live in a Democratic community. So by default, Democrats are usually what immigrants are. Once they realize that that default button is the wrong button, they reset it. And they reset it to the party that they believe is the party that's going to help them uh, achieve the American dream. So at a very young age, my parents were never labeled because they weren't waiting for us at that. In the, in, in the early 50s, when my parents arrived in 1950, there weren't any uh, Dominicans here. There were very few, a handful. So they weren't labeling you that you had the option to do what you wanted to do. So my parents always stood out of politics. But at 17, when I got married and I started my own business, I followed the footsteps of the Jewish family that, that adopted me. Uh, and they were Republicans. And they told me why their values were Republican values. 
And I understood it. And since the age of 18, I'm a Republican and I've been voting Republican for 30 years after. I'm not looking for handouts. I'm not looking for anyone to pay my rent. I'm not looking for anyone to give me a free meal. I want the opportunity to earn it. I've always wanted the opportunity to earn it. And that's what Republicans are about. They're but, earners. Sorry to interrupt you, but aren't you're right. Republicans are earners. I get that whole aspect and the whole, you know, that that whole aspect of it. But aren't Republicans racist? Aren't they, you absolutely. know, aren't that's, they homophobic? That's a joke. No, absolutely not. You know, listen, I have more gay friends than probably any candidate in this race. You know, I how could I be racist if my, you know, my father's black and my mother's Spanish? Okay, this I mean, is my point. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's a, it's a way of steering you in the wrong direction. Absolutely. You know, Dave Rubin, I don't know if you know Dave Rubin. He was on my podcast uh, a couple of months ago and he was telling me how Giuliani, before he, you know, even was on the scene, you know, I think he was divorced or something. He had gay roommates. He was living with gay roommates. This was, uh, you know, former uh, Mayor Giuliani. You know, so. I say, I ask, what is wrong with a gay guy, with a gay woman or a gay man? What's wrong with them? I you have know. a better question for you. What you know. is wrong with people that associate Republicans with anti-gay, anti-black, anti-woman? This is where I think the problem they, lies. They are the true racist. Well, it's they funny that you bring that up because I want to ask your opinion on um, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. Uh, she now has banned, I don't know if you heard this, I just heard, she's now banned uh, white people from her press conferences. Uh, you, you're kidding me. No. I, I mean, you're kidding me. I, no. I, don't, believe, I don't believe that. I, yep. Listen, was, no, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't believe you. Uh, I think that that is impossible. Uh, that is not, I, listen, I'm lost for words. That, that can't be. It, so it's not in America, not in America. Can't well, listen. She, she is, if it's not banning them, it's limiting them. She's not allowing the white people to interview her. She's only allowing, you know, other people of color and uh, diversity. It's, now, isn't it a coincidence? I find this and my friends, we all, we, we talk about the ones that agree and that are on the same page. We always say coincidentally, it's usually the democratic leaders are the ones that seem to be so divisive, like, Lori Lightfoot, like de Blasio, these people seem to be very divisive and their message is divisive. I don't find coming from somebody like you and Republicans, I don't feel the divisiveness. I, I think that de Blasio and Lightfoot and people like them have an inferiority complex. And that inferiority complex leads them to do what they do. These people have never worked a day in their life for a living. All they've done is basically cover themselves in that political blanket, wake up in it and have everything that a Republican has because they're entitled to it without working for it. You know, Bill de Blasio has so much security detail, so many armed guards, yet he does not allow any law-abiding people in New York City, law-abiding business owners to apply for a carry permit so that they can defend themselves. The Second Amendment right in New York City is a privilege. It's not a right the way it should be. And that is a problem. When you see these hypocrites, like de Blasio, like Lightfoot, when you see these, these hypocrites talk and you listen to them and you see that what they say is not what they do, you realize that they're lost. And it's not even worth you know, any challenge. It's not even worth your breath 
you know, to get uh, to get to them. Um, yes. And not only that, I find that they do pander. I find that they pander to their party and the more left they go, the more they follow. They have to be politically correct all the time. When they feel pressure, they buckle. You know, I don't I'm doing this and I'm going to have fun doing this. I'm doing this because I love my city. I'm not doing this because I need a job. I'm not doing this because I want to be in the political scene. I'm doing this because there's no one capable of doing what I can do for New York City. And if you look at every Democrat that's running, even the so-called Republican, because he's not really a Republican, I think he's a mole in our party. Curtis so Lee, Yeah, Curtis, so that he can distract from, uh, from the primaries hopefully get to the generals because he knows he's going to lose. He doesn't want a Republican to win because he knows he stands no chance after the primaries. He knows that no one is going to vote for him after the primaries. I stand a chance. I have 2.5 million Hispanic people in this city that will come out and vote for me. Whether it's a block of three or 500,000, that's all I need to win. So the Democrats are very concerned that if I win the primaries, they are in trouble. Because if you put them all in a blender and you pour them out, they haven't done 10% of what I've done for New Yorkers and for New York City. Right. Curtis Sliwa has done absolutely nothing for New York other than live off of the guardian angels, live off of his not-for-profit and live off of the mic, criticize our president, President Trump, he tore President Trump apart every moment that he could. He did not endorse Marty Golden, who was the only senator we had in Albany fighting for us from Brooklyn, a former cop. He fought to get him uh, to, for him to lose. And guess what? Marty Golden lost because of Curtis Sliwa. So he is not a Republican. And we need to get that message across. He is a never Trumper. I voted for Trump twice. I am a Republican for 30 years. And you know what? I will be able to put up a battle against the Democrats because I know what it is to pay rent. I know what it is to meet payroll. I know what it is to open and close a business every day. I've employed thousands of people in New York. I know what, what to do to create jobs and bring small businesses back. And this is what I want to get to. Any of that. Right. And this is what I want to get to. So we got to Curtis Sliwa, but I also want to talk about um, the Democrats running. I don't want to talk about all of them. The two main ones we have there are Eric Adams and Andrew Yang, who have been in a kind of this uh, scuffle of, you know, who did what. I'm not really hearing much about positions and policies or anything. But, you know, this is the way we feel. When I say we, I talk about me and the few people in our crowd. Even if there's a Democrat that we like, even if, you know, Eric Adams, we thought, you know, had a decent message. Um, Andrew Yang seems like a smart guy. The problem is, is that they pander to the radical left. And even if they truly want to help the city or the state or the borough, they can't because the minute they get elected, they get held hostage to the radical left party. And I find this is what the problem is with the Democrats running now. Well, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned policies and positions. I don't have policies, I have positions because I get things done. They have policies because they can find loopholes in those policies not to do their job. They are you know, seasoned politicians 
Andrew Yang has never done anything for New York. Andrew Yang promised that he would raise 100,000 jobs and got an award from Obama, and then only got raised 150 jobs. He was short 99,750,000 jobs, okay? Eric Adams is my friend. I've known him for 30 years. He was a cop for 25 years. He was earning a living from taxpayer dollars. Then you have uh, Eric that goes into politics and has been in politics for 20 years since. What has he done to make a difference for New Yorkers? What has he done as a senator or as a borough president that's gonna make anyone think that he's gonna be any different from de Blasio? You know what I fear the most? I fear the most another eight years of democratic governance in New York City. I fear having another Bill de Blasio for eight years. I fear the pandering for eight years. I fear our city for the next eight years if I am not mayor. And that's why I will win. I will win because I have positions. I know what the city needs. Public safety is number one. But we need a mayor that's a leader. We need a mayor that's gonna take that police department and give it the authority it needs to clean up the city. We need a mayor that's gonna give 100% backing to the police department. Okay, so Fernando, I wanna get more, I wanna get down to breast tax, yes. So many people, whether they're Republican or Democrat, feel exactly the way you feel. I think everyone is in agreement that they want de Blasio out. They've wanted him out. The city has been run down. How are you going to protect law-abiding New Yorkers? We need public safety. We need public safety. We don't need defunding the police. We need more police. We need uh, respect for the police department. Uh, Where do you stand on that, and what are you going to do? Well, remember what I said earlier. People that say defund the police all have armed guards protecting them. Or they're up to something. Or they're up to something. Or they're up to something. Right, Right, exactly. You know, we see what they're up to because we see how crime has risen in New York City. We see how cops are being spat at, thrown garbage cans at, poured water at, thrown eggs at. It's disgraceful. It's disgraceful. I would put more cops out on our streets, thousands more cops out on our streets, I would make sure that they build a community relationship, a real community relationship where the people of New York City have their backs. Right now, the mayor doesn't have their back and the city of New York doesn't have their back. And I will change it. I know how to do it. I've worked with cops for over 30 years, protecting many industries, and I know what they need in order to do their job. Okay, but Fernando, and you're a charming guy, I see, but there's got to be a way to do it while bringing the people together. Because, you know, the LGBTQ community, you know, I can't even say it, and I'm one of them, but uh, they keep adding uh, initials to it. Uh, The Gay Pride Parade, they were saying they don't even want police around because they feel, quote unquote, uncomfortable with the police. I mean, it's outrageous. It's ridiculous, in my opinion. you know what? I don't go to them anyway, but I certainly wouldn't go if there was no police. I wouldn't go to anything if there was no police. How would you handle a situation like that and be able to bring people together? You know what's so terrifying is how the leftists, how the Democrats have divided the police department. We had 20 years of unity, of, pol- of community policing. 20 years, eight years of Giuliani, 12 years of Bloomberg. This man has broken that bond up 
and have made the cops the villains, have made the victims the criminals. He has empowered criminals. Bail reform has destroyed our city. They opened the floodgates of Rikers Island because he wants to shut it down. So he figures let's empty it out before we shut it down. So he has all these seasoned criminals out on the streets. The district attorneys and the judges, are, they're all afraid of organizations like Black Lives Matter. Uh, they're afraid of organizations that are leftists and socialists. They are afraid of the people, the radicals of New York City. We need to get the radicals under control. Otherwise, okay, we will have no city. I'm they glad you mentioned. have a city. We will not. Great. And I'm glad you mentioned it because I was going to ask you about um, organizations like or, like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. How, where do you stand with that? I mean, I find them to be divisive and violent. You know, and I, if I say that out loud to anyone, I would get killed. Well, listen, Antifa is a radical organization, uh, something unlike anything that has to do with America. OK, if they hate America so much, why don't they leave America? There are many countries around the world that they can go to if they think there's a better country. Everyone is feeding off of the motherland. All, everyone is feeding off of America. And guess what? No one is appreciating what America has to offer. When you ask me what is my biggest asset, I will respond to you is being in the United States of America because there's no country like this one. But people tend not to appreciate that. Black Lives Matter had its purpose, but I think they were derailed by Antifa and by other bad groups. I don't really think that the intentions of Black Lives Matter was to loot and destroy and kill and assault people. I think they had an issue with race and they had an issue with you know, community policing and all of that. Okay, let's address that in a peaceful manner and take care of it, but looting? Antifa, threatening, violence, that has no room in our streets. And I will end it. I will end it. I don't care what it takes. I will make sure we have enough police officers out on the streets to keep our citizens safe. So would you follow uh, Governor DeSantis in arresting people that, um, that do anything out of uh, peaceful protesting? Anything other than peaceful protesting? I will go a step above what DeSantis has said. DeSantis is my idol. This guy is the best governor this country has seen in decades, okay? I believe that everyone in New York City that is law abiding has the right to defend themselves, has a right to carry arms. You know what? You'll see how crime will decline. You know what DeSantis told the looters? If you break into a shop and the shop owner is in there and he shoots you, you broke the law, not the, not the shop owner. Bottom line is that we need a very firm mayoral leader to lead New York City. Okay. We don't need a, 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 someone that's going to be with you here today and not be with you tomorrow because he got too much heat from the left. 
Right. That's what Democrats are going to bring. OK, and I don't want to belabor the point. I think you've made your point. You're going to bring more policing. But I just want to add to you that, you know, there isn't a week that goes by that I don't hear of someone getting sucker punched or slashed on the train or robbed. You know, you go into a Dwayne Reed and, you know, people are just looting the shelves and there's nothing anyone can do. So, you know, in terms of <clears throat> of of people stealing and felonies, would you change the felony charge from 950 and just make it a felony if you steal at a lower amount? Because, you know, as it stands now, people feel free to walk into a Dwayne Reed or a Sephora or any store and to just grab a whole bunch of um, stuff off the shelves because they know there's nothing that's going to be done to them. We will make sure that the quality of life in New York City is what it should be. How? We will turn the clock back by arresting them. And by making sure that I call out the district attorneys that refuse to prosecute, and I will call out the judges that refuse to, to sentence, and I will make sure that they understand that New York means business. New Yorkers deserve the right to live. Not those few that want to uh, take away our quality of life. You know how hard it is to open up a small business? Bodega owners go through the same thing. You get looters and supermarket owners go through the same thing. People go in there, they loot, they steal meat, they steal cans, they steal everything and anything. And, it, and it's not a felony. They're free to do that, correct? They call the cops and the cops say, if I arrest them, it'll be out in another two, three hours. And there's nothing that we can do about that. That has to change. Right. I don't think that any New Yorker is going to tell you that that's okay. So but you've got to bring these things out to the to the public. You've got to get public opinion behind you in the, order for you to change these things. Right. But we the problem is I'm sorry. Yeah, we have to change them. But I'm, I find the problem is people don't vote. The ones that vote is, you know, you, let's use the Blasio, for, for example. You know, he goes out, he runs, he gets, you know, what, two, three hundred people of his friends and fans to vote for him. And he suddenly becomes mayor and wins by such a small margin because people are not going out and voting. So, you know, a friend of mine who said they saw everyone, um, they, not everyone, one guy was looting in Dwayne Reed and he turned to the people around, said, aren't you going to do this? They said, we can't do anything. And we said. This is what they voted for. These people don't even realize that this is what they voted for. So if you want to continue to see looting and people just sweeping merchandise into a bag and walking out freely, then don't vote because this is what how the city is going to wind up again. We're trying to change all of that. Listen, I had two choices. I had a choice to move to Florida or stay in New York and fight for the city that I love. I decided to stay and fight. I agree with you. People are not going out to vote, but I believe that this year they will come out and vote. I ask every Republican to really look and understand, you know, that voting is the only way we're going to take our city back. If we don't do it, it's not going to happen. And Democrats are tired of what's going on as well. That's why we will have a huge turnout to vote for me from the Democratic Party. Right now, Democrats are tired of the crime because most of the crime that's going on is happening in the inner cities, in the Democratic communities. That's where it's happening. And guess what? Guess who's paying for it? Guess who's losing their lives? It's the people. 
in those communities. And I guarantee you, they were not the ones that said they wanted bail reform. They were not the ones that said, free all these people from Rikers Island, because they are the victims of all these criminals and, and this crime. So we need to know, and as you said before, they voted and they got what they deserved. We need to now make sure that they understand that what they got wasn't what they really voted for. They thought they knew what they were voting for, but they didn't. Right Now they can right. change that. They can reverse that. Absolutely. And Absolutely. to the bigger and point, bigger I, I'm guilty of it myself, Fernando, because I've never voted for mayor. I only voted for the president. Now it's exactly what you're saying. I'm going to go out and vote. And to the bigger point is by not voting, I voted for that. So I blame myself as well. So even yeah. if you're home and you're not voting, if you're not voting and you know you get another Democrat like de Blasio, that's going to pander to the left and make it, you know, keep it a sanctuary city here where there's bail reform and felony out only for a thousand dollars or more. You're voting for that, even if you're not voting. So that is my point to the I bigger tell point. The, I tell the LBAGTQ community the following. You don't want police in your parade. Somebody goes and starts shooting people in that parade. If you get some, uh, some haters of the gay community go in there and start swinging a bat and killing a few people, who are they going to call? Who's going to protect them? Who's going to go there to save their life? We need to understand that when you say defund the police, or we don't want the police, you're putting your life in danger. Because these people in blue, these men and women in blue, are human beings like you and I. There are gay cops. There are gay, you know, women. There are gay men. There are cops are human beings. They're parents. They have kids. They put on a uniform and take and risk their lives every day for us. I agree with everything you said. The problem is, is I think that people are being brainwashed and I think this is what the problem is. The um, brainwashing you know, is gonna come to an end. How, how is well, it gonna come to an end with all the propaganda? It's gonna come to an end. When you become a victim, who do you call? Who are all these victims calling when somebody pulls a gun on them and robs them in the street? Who are all these victims calling when they need help? They're calling 911. They're calling the same department that they detest. Yeah, we have to make changes there because um, like you said, they're human beings. They're black, brown, Jewish, there's gay. I know um, me and Brad are very good friends with uh, a police officer who happens to be gay. And uh, there's nothing wrong. I mean, nobody has any problem with anyone. I find that they treat everybody with respect for the most part. You know, you have an asshole everywhere. You always have an idiot in every, you know, part of, 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 of working or society or in the streets. So you can't judge by one, you have to judge as a whole. I wanna to get to schools because that's another very, very big issue for parents in the New York area. I know when um, Bloomberg became president, there was a legislation that they passed where the mayor had control over schools and the chancellor it's up in 2022. I don't know if it's going to be renewed. You know, listen, Bloomberg cleaned up the schools. He made more charter schools. He closed up the schools that were struggling, which turned out to be great. But now what's going on with the schools and with the mayors being, you know, running it is where they're teaching critical race theory. They're teaching all these things to kids who are so young that parents like me and other parents are upset by it. And we don't know, you know what to do anymore, not to mention the school unions are dictating when schools should open, when they shouldn't open. 
What can you do about this, Fernando? Tell me, as mayor, if you're elected, how are you going to put the school unions back in their place where they belong and keep other people in control, not the school unions? And how are we going to get the correct curriculums back in the school? We're going to go back to basics. Very simple, as you said. We're going to look at what Bloomberg did, and we're going to emulate that, and we're going to make sure that it works. I'm a firm believer that you as a parent have the right to send your child to whatever school you want them to go to. If you want them to go to private school, charter school, Catholic school, yeshiva, wherever you want them to go, you should have a voucher to do that. The, the city spends a lot of money per student. To, for every student that goes to a public school, they spend more money than if that kid went to charter school. I would have more specialized schools for those kids that are very bright. Okay, those kids deserve the opportunity to excel. Okay, you as a parent have the right to make sure that your kid isn't getting bullied in school. You know, right now, if you go to any third world country, the poorest countries in the world, how do you identify a student? You identify him because he's got a uniform. They're all dressed the same. There's no competition of who's got the better sneakers, who's got the, the Gucci coat, who's got this, who's got that. Right now, in the New York City public school system, the unions have destroyed the system because we have a weak leader. The mayor has allowed the unions to be the boss when he is the boss. I would not accept a teacher's union endorsement because I do not want it. I don't want to be dictated by them what they want. I'm going to tell them what we need. Right. And I will shut down every public school public school building that is failing. And I will convert that into a private school. I will take the failing schools, convert them into charter schools, and you will see a big difference. Yeah. Parents will be happier. You will have more choices. And more, and more important, well, the high school kids, I wanna create vocational schools. Right now, we don't have enough. We need more plumbers, electricians, carpenters, et cetera, et cetera. Today, you have more kids not going to school, dropping out of school than I could ever remember in the history of New York City, okay? We need to get engage these kids and get them back into school, whether it's to learn a skill the way I did at 14 and became very successful, or to make sure that they're off the streets. But I wanna make sure that every kid that's going to school, that's 14 to 18 years old, has a part-time job after school, all year round. You know why? Because this will stop the racism. This will stop the left on their tracks. This will show kids and educate kids that being in corporate America is not a bad thing. Corporate America is not the devil. We need to show them that they can work in a small business, in a restaurant, in a bodega, in a supermarket. While their parents are working, they can be working after school. We want to make sure that we engage every city agency to offer these kids a job through the principles of their schools. Why? You get them off the streets, you get them in the right track, you show them that there's another way of life, and we will have a different city by the time my eight years have expired. 
Got it. So what I'm getting from you, which by the way, we found it was uh, you the, in 2021, the budget you had, we had the largest budget, I think anywhere. It was 100.7 billion in 2001, the school budget. And what? 2021, the budget was $107 billion. And our schools seem like not only so did they go- the city, That's the city budget. The school budget is about 40, 40 billion, 50, it's about half of that. 40 billion, correct, right. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. So why did the schools, why are the schools deteriorating? And back to my original question is how, who, who is it that tells these schools that they need to teach critical race theory to first graders and second graders? Because I, am, because I am not the mayor, I don't know who set the curriculum. But remember, the leader of this city is the guy that they follow. The instructions they get comes from the mayor. If the mayor says this is the curriculum we need to teach, that's what they will teach. I want to go back to the days that before a classroom opened, you sang the, the, the Pledge of Allegiance to, to this country. You know, I remember as a kid, before the teacher would speak, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. That has disappeared. There's no allegiance to our country anymore. We need to go back to those days that teachers were respected by parents and kids would respect the teachers. There's no respect for teachers anymore. And if a teacher dares to scold the child, immediately that parent goes and wants to fight with the teacher or wants the teacher suspended, there's no respect whatsoever. Very different in a private, a Catholic, or a charter school. Our school systems are rotted. They stink. That It's bad. And we so, need to change that. Right. And so if you are elected, you're saying you're going to go in and that's going to be one of the first things. It's going to be public safety. It's going to be better schooling, more education. Public safety to me is number one. Number one. Our economy and small businesses bringing them back is number two. So how are you going to get that? You know, how are you going to bring back? So that's another thing since COVID. Okay, how are you going to bring back all these small businesses and restaurants with all the regulations okay, that are put on I have, I have the experience. Remember, I'm a small businessman. I know you are. I know what I need to survive. Therefore, I know what every small business person needs to survive. First thing we need to do is take the power away from every city agency that's out there trying to put them out of business when they've invested their entire life trying to build a business. That's number one. Number two, I would do what they were doing for Amazon. Amazon was getting $3 billion payroll tax uh, for 30 years. I would, for 25,000 jobs, okay? I would bring 50,000 new businesses to New York, get 500,000 jobs and give the same $3 billion over 30 years in tax and in, in payroll tax breaks. You give them in, you give them incentives. You let them know that the city is going to support them, not destroy them. You reach out to other cities. You reach out to the world and you let them know that New York is open for business. And this is how we're going to do it. You lower and you lower uh, uh, property taxes. Okay. You assess them lower and you cap them so that landlords could now pass along the savings to their tenants to the retail tenants, to the tenants that are living in apartment buildings. The reason why you and I pay so much rent and the reason why all these 
small businesses pay so much rent is because the city is out of control and taxes taxes exactly we got to blame the city not the landlords that's what i say so what do you say about affordable housing you know de blasio wanted to put you know affordable housing in these uh, expensive neighborhoods you know listen affordable housing should be put in areas that people can afford to pay them in you can't build affordable housing in an area that people are paying 10 20 30,000 a month rent i mean i will not rent an apartment in a building that i know people are paying 10% of what i'm paying because guess what they're not going to give a shit about quality of life in that building. It's that simple. You've got also, to it's have- not, It's not sense. fair. And you have to have skin in the game. What you're saying is you have to have skin in the game and it's not fair. It's not, absolutely not. You know what? There are communities and there are neighborhoods in New York City that fit that profile. You can build affordable housing in certain communities, in certain areas of the city, but you can't destroy the fabric of the rich. Why? Because we need the rich We need the risk takers. We need the philanthropists, the foundations. We need them in order to survive. I would engage the rich with the poor, and I would make sure that we get the most from them to help the needy. New York City, everything they do is based on spending taxpayer dollars. I would end that. I want to spend private sector money to help the city so that we don't have these huge deficits. That's how I would run the city. City housing projects, they're falling apart. You know how many philanthropists I've met that give $100 million to Columbia so that they can put a placard on the wall for them in honor of their family, build the wing? I would tell these people, hey, why don't you adopt an entire New York City housing development? Change the bathrooms, change the sinks, paint the hallways, get better security. And we'll put, we'll name this development after you, after you, because you, you did it. You know, there are subway stations in New York that are abandoned. You know, if we can't have cops in there and every platform the way I want to do it, let's hire private security, but let a, a Goldman Sachs adopt the station and pay for it and help keep it clean. Let's make our subway stations safe haven locations. If someone is chasing you, You know that you can run into the nearest train station and find refuge. But if you run into a train station now, you'll be killed because there's no one down there to protect you. I love that idea. Those are the kinds of things that I would do as mayor. I would find a way to build with with the rich, with the developers, with the landlords, with the wealthy, not alienate, not push them away. Not, I would not allow for them to move out of our city because we need them. But if we keep taxing them and hating them because they're successful, we're gonna get stuck in a city that no one wants to be in. Simple as that. It's crazy because uh, Cuomo said months ago how his friends and all the rich people are leaving the city and yet he does nothing to change any kind of position or policy. Cuomo to me has destroyed the state. The state liquor authority has created an environment, a work environment for restaurants and bars and nightlife and entertainment that people in those businesses have shut down. They have left. You know why? Because everything the New York State 
liquor authority does is take your liquor license away, fine you tens of thousands of dollars. I would try to get rid of the state liquor authority and create a New York City liquor authority so that we have control over what happens with our restaurants, our bars, our clubs. Have you been to Miami? Of course. Okay, when you go to Miami and you go to a club, what do you see outside before you go in the club? You see a patrol car. You see a patrol car with, with police officers outside. That club pays those police officers for private duty protection. Why? Because when there are cops there, people aren't gonna come out and create an issue outside. All the cops are there to be witnesses of what really happened. New York doesn't allow that. So what happens is you come out of a club, you walk 10 blocks, you get into an altercation, the cops come, they track it back to your club, and now your club is shut, it's shut down. That's not right. How do you shut a guy's business down that spent $5 million to open it? It happened to me. I'm, I've been a victim. I know, you, you, you've had, you had a restaurant. Do you still I have the restaurant? I had La Marina. I have La Marina. I have restaurants now. But the abuse of power from city agencies was what took La Marina away from me. It wasn't one guy selling drugs. Because you know what? When you employ 350 people, you can't control what every employee does. You try to make sure that your business is operating the way it should. But how do you know that the bathroom attendant isn't selling weed in the bathroom? I mean, when you find out, you fire the guy. But if you can't find them, how, what are you going to do, right? That's why I lost La Marina. Abuse of power. And I will not allow for any small business to go through what I went through. Okay, so you do know, like, that's the good thing about um, supporting you is that you're a businessman and you know, you have a restaurant, you know the ins and outs, you know the uh, bureaucratic nonsense that goes on and all the politics that goes on behind the, building, the scenes. The building department, that is the biggest disaster. I've been trying to help a young man open up a 200-foot sandwich shop, 200 feet. This guy has been waiting 10 months to be able to open, 10 months. He finally called me today to tell me that after 10 months, they may turn his gas on in two weeks. He has paid rent for 10 months. He is, he's literally out of business before he goes into business. And I'm sure he I has a family. And he has a family, I'm sure. Oh, of course, as it's family outrageous. kids. Yeah, it's, it's a disaster outrageous. what's going on in the city. You know, it's funny, Reagan, there was a quote from Ronald Reagan, uh, governments have a tendency not to solve problems, only to rearrange them. <laughs> I thought that was a great quote. And you know, Fernando, we need to solve problems. And there are things that you said that I love. It's just a matter of implementation. Now, you know, as I said earlier, is that, you know, even if you like one of these democratic uh, candidates, which, you know, listen, some could be okay. My fear is if you vote Democrat, and this is my fear, and this is what I speak to, is that they're going to be hijacked. Again, I'm repeating myself. They're going to be hijacked by the radical left, and with their great intentions that they may have, you're not going to see any of it. And I feel that the city needs a mayor who's not going to be afraid to speak up and to make changes. And I love what you said earlier about the subways and having people um, that are undercover, kind of, or you didn't use the word undercover, just, no. you know, you, what did you say? They were just plain clothes? Policemen in, in uniforms. Oh, in uniforms, or, but didn't you- In uniforms, oh. or, or, and for those stations that we can get a corporation to adopt, 
have uniform armed guards on the stations, security companies that have armed guarded security, former veterans, former police officers, people that can be and work on, at, at every New York City train station 24 seven. You know what, you said something so important. When you vote Democrat, you're voting dumb. If you vote Republican- Well, I didn't say that. No, no, you but, did, but, but I'm saying it. I'm saying it, okay? If you vote Democrat, you're voting dumb. Why? Because we have seen what Democrats have done in the last seven and a half years, not only in the city, but in the state. We have seen over the last 10 years, what has happened to Elliot Spitzer? What happened to Eric Schneiderman? What happened to Anthony Weiner? What happened to Sheldon Silver? What's happening to- You're only talking about New Yorkers. You wanna head to LA? What's happening to Governor Cuomo? And look at what de Blasio has done. So how much more of a democratic empire do you want? How much more of a democratic rule do you want? Fernando, you're so funny because if you had to make a list and you wanted to add not New Yorkers in there and you added Weinstein and Epstein and the other guy in L.A. that had those prostitutes that he drugged, these were all Clinton donors and they're all Democrats. So it's funny when you say now, I'm not saying obviously all of them, but all the big ones that you're naming happened ironically or, you know, coincidentally were all Democrats. But these are the ones and donors, Democratic donors. And this is what I don't get. And I and I've told this to friends. People tell me that they're a Democrat and I look at them and I'm thinking, you know, it's not like being born black or white or Chinese. You don't have to identify with that your whole life. It's not like, you know, I'm born white and, you know, you can't change that. I can't change that. But you can change it. A Democrat, Republican. It's only a word. That's all it is. It's only a word. Go by the policies. Go by the changes you think that they're going to make. The problem is, is that how do we convince people that Republican, the word, it's not a bad word. You know what? You just have to go back and say to yourself, what was the best 20 years we've had? Since I'm a kid, the best 20 years have been Republican rule, Republican mayor, Republican governor, Okay, those were the best 20 years in New York City. All we need to do is say, do we want another eight years of David Dinkins, of Bill de Blasio, of Ed Koch, of all of these guys? Do we want another eight years of that? Or do we want another 20 years of great safe cities, safe streets, make sure that our city is safe, make sure that businesses reopen, make sure that we get our New York City back. We want it back. You're People not gonna are leaving. It back We're if not you vote for a Democrat. You're absolutely. gonna keep the same shit you got. It's it's almost like Chicago and LA. Nobody seems to learn their lesson. They keep voting the same way. It's funny, I also heard about all these big corporations, which you said you kind of want to work with for them to, you know, adopt a, you know, a, a subway or adopt an avenue to do that. But yet I'm hearing these big corporations want to send employees to um uh, to uh blue states in order to turn them red. You know what? I mean, I'm sorry, the opposite. They yeah. want to send them to red states or swing states in order to turn them blue. So these what the this is this is the mind of what these big corporations now are doing is they want to send people to swing states in order to turn them blue. Corporations are afraid of extortion. They're afraid of organizations that can demonstrate 
I don't understand why they're afraid. If they have a mayor in this city that's going to back them up, that's going to give them the protection that they need, that's going to make it safe for their employees to get to and from work, and that's going to lower their taxes so that we can create more jobs, what the hell are they? They're afraid. They're pandering to the left. I don't understand. I remember the Tea Party. Remember what the Tea Party did to the Republican Party? Yes. But eventually they disappeared, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. When I am mayor, we're eventually going to see that left-wing socialist, communist, Democrat leave New York because I will call them out. I am the mayor and I have the voice to communicate to the people and let the people know what their congressman or woman is doing, what their councilman's doing, what their senator's doing, what their assemblyman is doing. I have the power to call out Ocasio-Cortez and go to her community and say, hey guys, you know what? We could have done this and achieved that, but she stopped it. She hurt you. Why are you voting for her? Why are you listening to this woman? Listen, when I- It makes no sense. It makes no sense. When I hear Tlaib uh, on the tarmac, uh, she's on the tarmac uh, kind of reprimanding, or she was you know, uh, instructing Biden to pull aid from Israel, it's just unbelievable how a low-level congresswoman could get up close to the president and give him um, advice like that to pull Remember, aid from an ally. You could be a congressperson with 10,000 votes. They okay. represent tiny communities. Who gives them the power to change our constitution? See, this is what I want our listeners to understand, Fernando, is that these Congress people there like Tlaib and AOC and uh, Ayanna Presley, they have a, 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 a voting of what, 200 people they win by, right? What is it? It's such a small community. It's small. And then they become a congressperson and then they sit and they get up in the president's face telling them to pull aid from an ally of America. It makes no sense whatsoever. Listen, we all want peace in the Middle East. Of course. We all want a safe Israel. We all want a safe uh, Palestine. Palestine. But there are terrorist groups like Hamas uh, mm-hmm. that, doesn't, that does not allow that to happen. You know, you need to speak to the people with reason and with voice. And you need to bring communities together. And you need to speak about the issues. Yes, and I think what you're saying is they're not doing that. I find that the uh, Democrats today in Congress, I'm not talking about Democrats out on the street, I'm finding Democrats in Congress are very divisive. They seem to be very divisive and they seem to be more anti-Semitic and more racist than than ever before. You know, I never really thought, I never thought about race. Now I think about race all the time because I'm so afraid I'm gonna say something wrong. No, so, you, well, listen, you, you, you're afraid because you're white. And because you know what? People are targeting white people, unfortunately. It shouldn't be that way, but it is because this mayor has allowed that to happen. He has broken up our city into a black and white city. He's encouraged it to happen. He didn't allow it. He encouraged it to happen. He, well, you know, he, of course, he encouraged it. He encouraged and it. it. He encouraged it and then allowed it, right? We will stop all of that when I am mayor. Our city's going to come back together. You know, New York City is a city of immigrants. You know that. 
Of course I know that. My father was an immigrant. Are immigrants, right? Of course, my father was an immigrant. I'm an immigrant. I know. I'm and the immigrants are the most appreciative of America. Why are the immigrants the most appreciative of America? More than people born here. Oh, so you know why? Because they come here hungry. Because they come here looking for opportunity. Those that are born here think they're entitled. Those that come here know that there's no entitlement. You have to work for it, right? I will be the first immigrant Hispanic mayor in New York City. And I will bring our city together because we are a city of immigrants and we are a city of brothers and sisters. And that's what we need to bring back. We're not gonna do that if Curtis Lewa wins this primary. Curtis Lewa is poison. He wants to make sure, the same way you said before, Corporations are sending employees to red states to turn them blue. Curtis Lewa is a blue guy that infiltrated the Red Party to make sure that the Red Party does not win. And right. we need to get that message out. Right. He is not, you know when he turned a Republican? He no. turned a Republican last year. Last year. Oh, is that he true? Has never, he has never been a Republican. Never. Right. Okay, well. It was it was sending them the corporations are sending them to swing states, not a red, uh, not not red okay, states. No, that was my mistake. But whatever, we yeah. get the message. I'm just saying it for the people. Uh, another thought I wanted to bring to you, Fernando, which is important because people get so uh, offended by the word Republican, which I say is only a word. But I find that everyone Republican, I find Democrats, everyone has gone more to the left. So the problem is the, the the Democrats and the left have gone so left, they left our country, but the Republicans have all gone more left. I mean, I know, I mean, there's very, most of the people I know think like me, we're liberal, we're, you know, we're pro-choice, you know, up until a certain, you know, up until a certain time limit, you know, I mean, for me, it's six weeks, but do what you want with your own body. You know, I say, if you vote to have an abortion at nine months, it should be mandatory, you get one. I mean, that's my that's my philosophy, if you're voting for a nine month abortion. But you know, everyone has gone more left. So when I talk to people that I thought were so um, conservative and I listen to them now, they are pro-gay marriage. They have no problem with, you know, anybody being gay. Um, they're pro-choice. They just, everyone seems more liberal. Everybody seems more liberal. The problem is the liberals have gone so left. I'm going to say it again. They left our country. They left our country. Listen, the Republican Party is a party of values, a party of positions, a party that keeps its promises, a party that works for the people. The Democratic Party is the total contrary to that. It's very difficult for you to live in a city the way our city is today. And it's very sad to see so many people go and so many people wanting to go. It's like, I can't wait to get past this primary so that we can go off to the general elections. And I promise you, I will win. You've got a few because, fights going on there. Because common sense will prevail. Common Remember. Sense Will prevail. will prevail, yes. And remember that the uh, primaries is June 22nd. Is that right? June 22nd, you've got to come out and vote. You've got to go out and vote. And by not voting means- You're giving up. You're giving up, exactly. You're giving up. You're, in other words, you are happy with what's going on in the city. If you're happy, stay home and don't vote. If you're unhappy, vote, vote smart. Vote Republican, but vote for the real Republican.
Vote for Fernando Mateo. Vote for the Mateo, the mayor. And you know, you're going to bring people together. And I want to know, my last thought, I want you to answer this because this is very important because our country is divided. The whole country is divided. I know you're going to be the mayor, but what I want to know is how you're going to bring people together. By uniting them, by sending messages, like the message Ronald Reagan sent out, like the message Nancy Reagan sent out when she came out with, just say no. We will say no to racism. We will say no to anti-Semites. We will say no to to looters. We will say no to unruly demonstrators. We will say no as New Yorkers. We will stand up and say no to bail reform. Say no to defund the police. Say no to all the bad things that have happened to our city in the last seven and a half years, we're gonna say no. But how do we convince everybody else? But how, yeah, but how do we convince the other half of New York that this is the, the right decision or the better decision? They're so brainwashed. It, it, I, I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think it's the other half. I think that it's a very small group. And those are the loudest voices. Noise, that, that makes a lot of noise and then have a lot of money behind them through organization like George Soros organization that right. funds these things, that funds these programs, that funds these protests, right? Yeah. We need to stop them. We need I'm, to speak to the, to, the, to the new, we need to speak to New Yorkers and let New Yorkers help themselves. I'm sure that poor people don't wanna be poor. I'm sure that poor people don't enjoy the violence going on in their communities. I'm sure that they're fed up with it as well. So it's about, communicating when the mayor communicates. I remember after 9-11, you remember how down this city was. Yes. And when Giuliani took those mics and said, everything will be okay. Let's keep living. And he just told people, you know what? We will come back. Yeah. People felt good. It was you a message from a leader. I'm going to tell the people of New York the same thing. Yeah. Guys, let's feel good about each other. Let's his, love each other. His most poignant moment that really convinced me was when he went on Saturday Night Live after September 11th. And um, they said, you know, listen, uh, Mr. Giuliani, mayor, you know, we we don't know what to do. Can Can we make jokes? Could we be funny? And he says, why start now? When, you know, that took off, it made everybody laugh. And it seems like everybody was ready to start living, accepting what happened and start moving on. It was a great moment back then. Our school should have never been closed. Do you know the damage that they caused to children that weren't able to engage with other children? The teachers age? unions, because the teachers unions are running it. Yeah. This is what I want to know from you, Fernando. How are we allowing the teachers unions to run it? And it, does it come from the mayor? And if it comes from the mayor, it, it things got to change. It will not be the way it is. All I can tell you is the unions will not run our schools. If we need to shut down and bring in teachers from around the world, we will do that. We will do whatever it takes to get our school system the right way. Absolutely. Not the way, not the way they want it, the way we, our parents, deserve it. And that's what we will do. Yes, and you know, as they want to go on strike go on strike. We're going to hire teachers that are non-union and they're not going to be replaced by union teachers when they decide they want to come back. That's the way I would run our school system. I'm not playing any games with it. 
Period. I think, yes. And I think that um, parents can totally, you know, identify with what you're saying because this is what we all want. I, I believe that every child deserves an education. Children, a lot of times, are not, most of the times, are not responsible for the illegal acts that their parents commit. They're kids. And it hurts me to say this, but the parents are the ones that need to be punished. I agree. Not the kids, because kids don't know. Kids I agree. Are, kids are kids. Kids will be kids. You take three kids out to play, five kids out to play. They could be black, Chinese, white. They play. They're kids. They don't know hate. They don't know. <clears throat> they don't know aggression. They know love. They know play. And that's how our city should be. We should all become kids for a day. And you know what? And just hold hands and play. So what do we do? What do we do in the case that we have so many children now that don't speak English, that are in the school system, in the public school systems, and now they have to have uh, translators come in? Well, I mean, you know and what? I agree with you. We do need to educate them. We do. But, you know, we can't compromise the education of the American students that may be excelling. You don't. What you do is you create special schools, schools where these kids can transition out of. Great idea. You know, schools where, you know what, this school is for children that have come from China, from India, from, you know, uh, uh, Latin America, from Germany, from wherever. And you have a language school for new immigrants that come in so that they can transition out of there into our regular school system. But you've got to be creative. You've got to be able to understand New York is the melting pot of the world. You're going to get kids here from everywhere. And it's unfair when you put a kid that can't speak English into a classroom that only English is being taught. You know why? Because you're affecting the child and he's affecting the class. And that's a problem. And then and it's, it's unfair problem. for the other students that have to come That's in and have a translator, right? That's what I said. It will, affect, it will affect the class. Right. See? So that's why we need to have common sense, a, a common sense school system, a school system that represents what schools should be, not what the unions want it to be. And that's the bottom line. And remember, New York State now, New York, you don't have to be in the union to be a teacher. In fact, you can be a teacher and tell the union, I don't want to be part of your union. See, we need to let the teachers know the damage that the unions are causing. And we need to let them opt out of their union contract or of, of be, being a union member. They don't have to be in the unions. And that's the bottom line. I am pro-union for those unions that are willing to work and help their, their members and the city. But I don't want any endorsements from the unions. You know why? Because they're not speaking for their rank and file. They're speaking for themselves. They're speaking for a board that decided we're going to endorse. You know, when, I, when, when, I, when I'm going to debate Eric Adams or Andrew Yang or whomever, I'm going to say, yeah, you were endorsed by the UFT or you were endorsed by the hotels union. What backdoor deal did you make? What are you going to offer them Right, exactly. That what are you, you going to do for them? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because they didn't give you that endorsement for free. You know, you had to work out a deal. I know that. I had a union shop. I know how it works. You know, so that's why I will not accept union endorsements. 
Okay. Any last words, Fernando? I think that you make um, great points. I love the safety of the New Yorkers. I think safety has to come first. I think school and education is critical for, for the young generation and for the future. I, I believe that the reason why I want to be mayor. And bringing back businesses and bringing back businesses and lifting regulations. The reason why I want to be mayor is because I, I know I could make this city a better city. I want to be mayor because we can't afford another eight years of democratic government. I want to be mayor because I have the experience to change and turn this city around. I know how to create jobs. I know how to bring back public safety. I know how to create jobs for kids that desperately need it. If kids were working, they wouldn't be hanging out and doing the wrong thing, breaking into cars and, and, and trashing people and doing mischiefs. But you said there was a plan in order for you to do that. You were going to set it up with the schools to give the kids jobs. No, no. I would set it up with every city agency, uh -huh. every corporation in New uh -huh. York City, and every small business. I would target everyone and anyone. And how would you do it? How would by, you incentivize by offering, them? By offering the private sector tax breaks, the same way Amazon was offered tax breaks. I would offer them incentives to hire kids that are 14 through 18 years old. You know, when that kid leaves school and says, I got to go to work, that's a sense of responsibility. When that kid leaves work and goes home and at the end of the week, he's got a hundred, two hundred $200 in his pocket. And now he can go out and buy his own sneakers and doesn't have to ask his parents. That's a sense of responsibility. When that kid gets older, he's going to have direction because he knows how to make money. He knows what it is to have responsibility. And right. that's and he, how we're going to change our city, my friend. Yep. We're not going to change it by ignoring the youth because they're our future. I love that. And I think that anyone that has children would agree that that's probably one of the best ideas, but one of the best new ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it, and it keeps people off the streets. It keeps the kids off the streets and it gives them responsibility and the parents know where they are. I think that's great. Politicians will never have new ideas because they're in a bubble and they don't think outside of that bubble. You have, I will say you have new ideas. I mean, I have to admit that you do. You have new ideas and I wish you a lot of luck. Thank and you. remember everybody, the primaries is June 22nd. You've got to go out and vote. Fernando Mateo, an immigrant who came, who loves this country, who loves the city, and who loves New York. He wants to improve it, unify us, make it safe again, and bring back better education. That's correct. Thank you. Thank you. Good Have luck, nice Fernando. Day. You too. You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you liked what you've heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.